Father, this morning we pledge allegiance to the Lamb and to the Spirit of Christ. We ask Holy Spirit, come, O God, and strengthen your church. Strengthen everyone under the sound of my voice. Give us a lift and a raise. Let the entrance of your word bring clarity and illumination into every life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Matthew 23. Matthew chapter 23. I'm not happy with my sound. Matthew 23. Verse 34 through to 39. Matthew 23, verse 34 through to 39. Therefore, behold, I am sending you prophets and wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. So that upon you may fall the guilt of all the righteous blood shed on the earth. From the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zachariah, Zachariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way the hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. For I say to you, from now on, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of God the Lord. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Uh, let us read our main text, which is Second Chronicles 20, 20. If you can put it up, we'll read it as a family together. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. And um, we will take off from there. Have we got it? Okay, let's read it. Ready? Go. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. Hallelujah. Last week we started um, speaking on this. I mean, we've been speaking all month. Pastor Gloria started with us from the first part, which was to believe in God. And uh, she abandoned me halfway and asked me to continue. So I took over from last week, isn't it? So I'm talking about believing in your prophets so that you will prosper. And last week I started by saying that establishment is different from prospering. You can be established and broke. You can have somebody who is a beggar who sits at the same spot every time. That person is established. Everybody knows that person and they know that when they go there at a certain time, they'll be there. Am I making sense? They are established, but it doesn't mean that they are prosperous. We all know a Derek Lake building somewhere in town that has been stood there unoccupied for a very long time. You go there, it is there. It's established. Kexto Abbey, just down the road. It was bombed in 1943, for, uh, in the World War. That uh, building was bombed. And it's still standing there. It's a tourist attraction just down this road. When you go down the Kexto Road, you meet it on the left-hand side. It is established, but it's unoccupied. Is desolate. 
And I said to you that God works together with men. Hallelujah. For we are co-laborers together with God. One plants, another waters, but God brings the increase. So that the power is not of the man who planted or the man who watered, but of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are uh, you understanding what I'm saying? So God always will work in, with men. So if you accept the God and reject the man, you are likely to miss out on a blessing. Hallelujah. And we established last week that it's so easy to accept God. It's so easy to believe in God. It's so easy to know that God is. The difficulty we have is with the men that God uses. Hallelujah. And I said to you in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, 4, 4, 10. Is it 4, 10? Yeah. He says that for we have this treasure, 4, 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessel. Someone say we have treasure. In earthen vessel. So that the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. Hallelujah. He says that the treasure, the gold or the diamond is hid in a rock, in dirt, in earth, in dust. And most people who are not miners and don't know much about uh, mining may bypass this precious rock. And on Friday... On Friday, I was telling you, we saw a picture of a, a raw mined diamond, which was full of, can you put that picture back on? It was, okay, so this is a rock. You can easily kick it, but hidden in the rock is a diamond that is worth so much more. Give me the refined diamond that we had. Now, this particular diamond was hid in the first one. You had to go past the depths. You had to go past the rock. You had to go past the earth to unearth this beautiful, precious, valuable stone. That can change your life from a poor person to a multi-millionaire. Am I making sense? In the same way, the pastor you have, with all his mistakes, with all his uh, funny ways, is a diamond that needs to be on earth. Amen. By you. And on, fri on, on Friday night, I was telling those who were here that you qualify to be a doctor through a teacher that you had. That same teacher taught a lot of people in class. Some did not accept him. Others accepted him. Those who accepted him were those who were transformed by his Teaching. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. So, so um, like I was saying that we, I had a math teacher who had a funny way of talking. So we go and laugh instead of learning. And for some of us, math was entertainment. Because he talks and, hey, Christopher, no, you here. You, you can do this work. You're afraid. You're afraid. You're afraid. You're afraid. And he was so emotional when he's talking. You're afraid. You're afraid. Said, ah. So we also used to mimic him. See, I don't understand this work. I can't I can, I can completely not understand it. You are here. You can't understand this work. And you are here. Ish. You're afraid. So we used to go and joke, not to study. Uh, you get it. But there were some in the class who are doctors today because of that man. Uh, I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. So it is how you receive the person that will change your life. And the scripture we just read said that I am sending you 
gifts. In uh, Ephesians chapter 4, we read on Friday, Ephesians chapter 4, he who descended is the same who ascended, and when he ascended, he gave gifts to men. Yeah, he gave gifts. Go to the next verse quickly. He gave gifts. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some teachers, some some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry that will it will they will bring us to a much to maturity that we no longer be children tossed to and fro. So you see. These guys, these five guys that God is giving is a gift. When he ascended, he gave gifts to men. And the gift he gave was the gift of the prophet. And I said to you on Friday, a gift is either received or rejected. The fact that it's a gift doesn't mean you accept it. Amen. And then I went on to say that the value of the gift may be different from the giver to the receiver. And I explained that I bought something very expensive and gave it gave to my nephews and nieces. They were younger. They had no value for the things that I bought for them. And they were my hard-earned sweats to buy video games for all of them. And there were very many, about 12 of them. Buy Nintendo this, Mario that, this, that, that everybody gets something different. I brought it uh, Christmas Eve, 24th. I brought it and gave it to all of them. By 27th, when I went to visit, I opened the door and I entered. The first thing I stepped on was the thing that I bought, which was 80 pounds. Many years ago. This was before 2000. This was 90 something. So 80 pounds, 90 something is a lot of money. <laughs> Are you understanding? But the value I placed on that thing that made me buy it is not what the kids played, placed on. In the same way, the value God place, places on the pastor he has given you is not the same value you have on the pastor. So that when he's preaching, he's saying that because of what he he knows about me. This this one is can be prophecy. This one is based on what they know. You know, I told Sister something. So I know that Sister something has told Pastor. Pastor comes and says he's prophesy. This is not prophecy. Hallelujah. And Jesus gave us a promise. He said, I'm sending you pastors. I'm sending you scribes. I'm sending wise people. I'm sending all these guys to you. But I can tell you in no doubt that you will scourge them. You will betray them. You will crucify them. You will beat them. You reject them. Hallelujah. You reject these guys because they don't in your eyes, they are not valuable. They are mere men. Go to the scripture that we're looking at, Matthew. Indeed, I'm sending you prophets, wise people, but you will kill them. You crucify them. Title of my message, if you are looking for a title, is Jerusalem killing all the prophets that are sent to you. Jerusalem. Killing all the prophets that are sent to you. But these guys were sent to make you prosper. These guys were sent so that you will avoid the famine. How many remember the widow of Zarephtha? That woman was about to die. She had a last meal that she was going to eat with her son and die. And God sent this prophet Elijah to this woman. And when the prophet went, he said, that first bake me a cake to eat. 
and after that, bake for you and your son. Now, how cruel and how mean can you be? This is famine. And you know that this is my last oil, my last flower, my last one. It's not even enough for me and my son. And you are telling me that I should bake for you first. You see, this is why I don't like this type of churches that I'm older than. Because you have the, 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 these pastors, they are charlatans. I am sure if it was this day and age, the woman would have gone on social media and said, see what the pastor is saying. My last food, I should give it to him to eat first. And would have had so many comments and so many likes. It would have gone viral. And so many shares. To buttress the point that these pastors are wicked, selfish, mean people. Hashtag, free your mind. <laughs> Say nonsense to a pastor. <laughs> Hashtag, pastors are selfish and cruel. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And this would have attracted so many comments and so many people would have bashed this particular prophet. But the Bible continues the story that the cruise of oil never failed. The flower never failed until the famine ended and this woman and the son were kept alive because of the word of a prophet. Ah, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The prophet's word kept them alive. Your prophet's word will keep you alive. But you need to accept him first. If you don't accept him, it will not work for you. And Jesus prophesied that our natural tendency will be to reject them. Will be to kill them. Will be to crucify them. Hallelujah. So I said to you on Friday. So I started on, on last week's Sunday, isn't it? And uh, last week's Sunday, the message was whatever he tells you, do it. And I said to you on last week's Sunday that Mary knew something that the others didn't know. Mary had a lot of children. But in, their, in all her children, she knew something about this Jesus. And we said that the, the Bible says in, in Luke 2 verse, I think 46, Mary kept all these things in her heart. She was very observant. She said, very obedient. She knew. She knew something about. Do you know something about your pastor? Do you know something your pastor says? That comes to pass. That will make you trust what he says in future. Because of what she knew about her son. She went and told her son that people have run out of wine. The son said, I'm not interested. He, she didn't argue with the son. She went to the servant and said that whatever she te he tells you to do, just do it. The miracle is in the doing. And left. And they also went to the Jesus and said, brother, your mother says we should come and see you. Then Jesus said, do you have water? Say, we have water in water pots. He said, okay, fill it with water. It doesn't make sense. Because if you want wine, we have to look for wine skin. We have to look for wine bottles. We have to look for the next brewery. We have to, even if you say we should organize grapes, we will understand. But let's fetch water. Water that is used to wash feet and hands. In, in uh, basins that is used for feet and hands. How can we fill it for our stomach? Hallelujah. Most of the time, the instructions they give doesn't make sense here. And the Bible says the natural man cannot receive anything from God, even that they are spiritually discerned. They cannot accept spiritual things. Hallelujah. 
And when they did what Jesus told them, the, the master of the, of the ceremony said that you have hidden the best wine for last. Hallelujah. And on, on Wednesday, we saw Peter and John go to the temple at the beautiful gates. And the guy, the important guy, was sitting there who they brought daily to the same place. And I said to you that because it was daily, chances are Jesus would have seen him. He would have seen Jesus. They would have used the same door to get into the temple. And if they had used the same door to get into the church, that this guy saw Jesus, but did not receive the ministry of Jesus. But when he saw Peter and John, the Bible says that, and when he fixed his eyes on them, expecting to receive something, the key word was what? Expecting to receive something, not money. Not money, it was something. And Peter said, silver and gold, have I none? I am in Acts, you are in somewhere. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. And lifting up the, uh, the hand, he also gave his hand to them. Because he wasn't expecting money. Because if you're expecting money and the person says silver and gold, I have none. Immediately, conversation is finished. Can you shift, please, so that uh, the person behind you, maybe they have money. If you don't have money, just keep it moving. Don't stand here and engage me in a useless conversation for me to miss my money. Step aside. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says that they put him daily at the gate to ask for arms, not for healing. So the guy had a, a, a business to sit and ask for money. But that particular day, he did not ask for money. He wasn't expecting money. He was expecting something. Hallelujah. What do you expect when you come to the house of God? What do you expect? Bible says the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. Do we expect something when we come to the house of God? Or we just come as a routine and go? If you come expecting something, you will live with something. I say if you come expecting, you will live with something. If you come without any expectation, you will get, you will get nothing. But I pray that from today, we will expect and we will receive. Hallelujah. Expect something. Not just come routine. Oh, it's our pastor. And so Jesus said that a prophet is not without honor except in his own home country. Pastor, I don't know whether you've, you've seen this, but when you travel to places, the miracles, the prophecies, and everything comes out more than at home. At home, when you say you're doing convention, they don't come. Oh, maybe, maybe it's, it's different from your church. But when they hear that a student is coming to your church, those who haven't been to church for six months will come. Hallelujah. I was tell, telling you last week, we went to uh, T.D. Jakes. And he was also complaining <laughs> that he's having service. His people are not coming. And in the when we went, the four-day four day, uh, conference, about 60% of his members were in the foyer eating and chatting whilst he was teaching inside. We had changed two airplanes to get there. 
we were, we were, I mean, we were so hungry. We were talking to everybody. We saw, we met her assistant. We were looking for everybody to talk to. Everybody, any, they, they said, who are these people who have just come? Walking everywhere. Hallelujah. They were not interested. So when we engaged uh, her, his assistant, Dr. Cynthia, Cynthia James, she was surprised at our interaction with him. That we, with her, that we became, she became friends. And she still emails till today. Because she was, it's, it's not normal for people to go and try to befriend them. Because she's used to people not minding her. Just as you come to church, you don't mind the pastor. Uh, I think I'm preaching more than you're saying amen. If the message is affected, you say, mm. Mm. Hallelujah. I said, and I said to you, you see, if you know what you have, you don't struggle. If you don't know what you carry, that's when you get frustrated. But if you know what you carry, I don't fight in the house to say I'm the, I'm the head of the house. I'm the head. I'm the head. That means you are not the head. I am your father. I'm your father. Then you are not my father. Uh, so, I will call the meeting if you like. Come. If you like, don't come. Hallelujah. But I pray that from today we accept the people God brings. I say from today, I pray that we accept the ministry that God has given. And, and I said to you last, uh, last week that a gift is tailor-made. Mm, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. They look at you and they think and decide what gift best suits you. And they give you the gift. God knew how stubborn you are. So he gave you the type of gra-gra-pasta who will knock you <laughs> are, you, are you getting it? Yeah. I, I, me, I don't like Pastor Chris. I don't like Pastor About 90% of my church members don't come to me for counseling. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'd rather go to my wife. Because she'll be knocking you and giving you sweetie at the same time. Knock your head, but then there's more sugar than the knock. Me too, I don't have the sugar. <laughs> so. I will just slap you. And I'll give you tissue. I have a lot of tissue in my office. And that's all. Headline, pasta slap. I, I, always, I have a lot of kings. <laughs> I will not sugarcoat the thing I need to tell you. If you have been a silly boy, I'll say you've been a silly boy. If you have been a silly girl, I'll say you've been a silly girl. If you are crying, I say finish crying, then I'll continue. Your crying will not make me stop talking and tell you what I need to tell you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So they'd rather go to the place where there's sugar. <laughs> but I don't. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, amen. So the gift of God that God gives. Today I want to talk about how we kill the prophets. How we kill the prophets God sends us. See, sometimes you do something and you keep doing it because you don't know you are doing it. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I mean by that. How do we kill the prophets God sends to us? The first way we kill the prophets God sends is that we question their authority. And I said to you on Wednesday in Matthew 13, when Jesus went to his own hometown and started preaching, they said to him, Ah, is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not the son of Mary? Are his brothers, James, Judas, John, all those people, are they not here with us? Is this not the son of Mary, the bastard? 
And I said to you, in those days, the culture was such that everybody is identified by their father, not their mother. So when they call son of a woman, it means that you, your paternity was in question. And I said to you, that it's only your kinsmen and the people who are familiar to your upbringing who know secrets about you. And they are the ones who can't receive from you. So I, uh, most churches, the, the brothers of the pastor don't come to the church. Yeah. Their wife's family is more involved than your family members. Because they know, you. ah, is this not our younger brother? Hallelujah. Ah, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, we are we know these guys. And then they went on to say that, and where did he get this his power from? They questioned his authority. You know, as soon as somebody questions your authority, everything you say afterwards is nonsense. And not only that, your, that question punctures something in the man. That is being used. Because the man never forgets that he is also an earthen vessel. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Uh, I, I, I said to you that you either receive him as a, a, a God man. In place of God. Or you receive him as a man. That speaks what God says. So that. Now, how do you distinguish between when God is speaking through him and when he is saying? And then your mind tells you that everything he's saying is he's saying it. So that from that day, everything he says is nonsense. My advice to you is that if you lose respect for the man of God, leave the church. Never stay in a church where you don't respect the person. Ah, I'm preaching better than you are. Amen. Because as soon as you lose respect, everything he says, you interpret it from some. That is why you have to be careful the people that are talking to your ear about the pastor. Because as soon as they, you see, when poison enters, poison is always very small. Poison is not like the bottle full of, nobody gives poison this bottle. They'll give a, 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 like the, the cup but that cup, when you put it in the water, the whole water is contaminated. Sometimes a little that is said to you about your pastor, about the church, from that day onwards, you might as well become an unbeliever. Because everything that is said to you from that day, when the person I have seen church members that I was trying to help. And they thought that my help was rather the opposite because in their mind, I don't like them. I had a church that had branches. And one of the pastors in the branch left. So, we needed a pastor. So my general overseer called me and said, can you send one of your main guys to go and pastor the church? Then I said, well, I have one. And he said, send him. So I called this guy and I said to the guy, brother, from, to, uh, this, from this Sunday, don't come to the church, the main church. Go to this branch. That's what I said to him. And then he said, okay, pastor. Then he put the phone down. Then after that, was it the, one, the same day? I think the same day. He calls me to say that he's had a discussion with his wife. And they've decided that they won't go. So I said, no problem. Then I called the second alternative. Always remember Jesus has two boats. There's always one to pick from. There are two. You remember? There were two boats. Simon's boat and there was 
James and uh, sons of Zebedee's boat. So they picked one. If you don't want me to use this one, there's always an alternative. So I called the next guy. And I said to the next guy, please go to that branch. Same thing. And he said, yes, pastor. Thank you, pastor. Then he went. The first guy then accused me. He said, when Reverend called me, he didn't tell me that I was going to be the pastor of the church. He said I should go to the church. That is why I said I won't go. But then when he was talking to this guy, he said I should go and be the pastor. I mean, listen to this nonsense. What's the difference? I said go. See, I won't go. I said to the next person, go. And then he went and became the pastor of the church. When he found that the second guy had become the pastor, he said, I sent him to go to be the usher. <laughs> so who pastored the church? Because in his mind, I didn't like him. Why didn't you spell it out? See, when you become cynical, you, became, you begin to question everything that is said. How many know what I'm talking about? And Jesus said, unless you receive the kingdom of God like this child, you can never ever. You have to receive the kingdom like a child. Do you know a child believes all things? A child doesn't question anything. And then you tell your child, you buy an airplane for them. They say, my daddy will buy me an airplane. They don't have to know how much the airplane will cost. They don't even care whether the father has a bicycle tire or not. Child believes everything. Doubts nothing. A child will say, I'll buy you sweetie if you keep quiet. Then the child will keep quiet, expecting a sweetie. After two hours, the sweetie won't come. The child starts to cry again. Oh, stop, I'll buy you a sweetie. They'll keep quiet again. When they grew a little bit, they say, hey, the first one, you say you buy sweetie, didn't come. <laughs> the older they get, they begin to question like you, this is your... You can't trick me. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? So when you start to question the authority of the pastor, you question the motive of the pastor, you question what he's preaching, why he's saying that, immediately you reduce him to the place that you are getting ready to stone. You are getting ready to kill him. Because you can't kill a God man. But you can kill a man that occasionally says things about God. Yeah, I don't know whether you are. You have to reduce him before we can fire him. <laughs> you can't fire him when he's up there. Hallelujah. You become, the next thing is that when you become critical, when you start criticizing what he has done and what he's doing, you start to notice his mistakes. You become his critic. You join the critics of the church. You sit at home and you write evaluation on the pastor and his performance. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 12. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was a very humble guy. More than all the men on the face of the earth. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out, you three, to the, out of the tabernacle, to the meeting place. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they, were, they both went forward. And he said, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, Make myself known to him in visions and in dark speeches. I speak to them in dreams. Quickly. 
Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak to him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant? This is not talking about ordinary church member. He's talking about a big sister. A big sister, an associate pastor. They were both, she was a prophet, prophetess. He was associate pastor. So you were not afraid to talk about him. Go on quickly. So the anger of the Lord aroused against them and he departed. Listen, let's be careful how we treat the people that are sent. Be careful. Because you can incur an anger from the Lord. You know when you send somebody, that person represents you. So any attack on the person, you take it personal. I remember somebody came to me and said, eh, eh, I don't want to work with this person. Somebody I had put in the place. Said, I don't want to work with that person because I feel they don't like me. I said, eh. They were just attacking the person and they didn't realize that their attack to the person was attacking me. And the person never got angry. I was the one who got angry. Because you are calling me a fool to put that person in, in that place. And I took it very, very personal. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Because I, I wasn't mad. I wasn't smoking weed when I put him there. I knew you were there. I knew you were also there. I knew you were also there. And I put this guy there. I'm not mad. <laughs> are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? I said, this is your last time you ever work anywhere. From today, control, alt, delete. You can hang around. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is how God treats the people he puts in place. Because he knew about their faults. And he decided to use them. Who are you to criticize another man's servant? If they rise, if they fall, if they don't do the right thing, it is not your place to judge. It is their Lord. Who will judge them? Hallelujah. Ah, uh, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Stop being critical. Say, oh, oh I, I was just speaking my mind. You keep on speaking your mind. I want to give them my piece of my mind. By the time you realize all your mind is gone, it's finished. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Look at what happens to this woman. Go down, go down to verse, uh, where are we now? Okay, so when the cloud departed from the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. Then Aaron turned towards Miriam, and there she was, a leper. So Aaron said, oh my Now he has elevated him from his little brother to his Lord. Because now, you see, Aaron was very smart. They both criticized him. Because remember, Miriam was older. Aaron was older. He was their younger brother. And he had gone and done the thing that God says you must not do. He had married a black woman. God said that you must not marry any other person apart from your own people. So was, was Moses wrong? Moses was wrong. But was it the place of Miriam and Aaron to criticize Moses? No. The principle still stays, stays the same. Hallelujah. Who are you? 
uh, you see, in this church, when you talk, they say anointing, don't touch. Okay, you go touching. Hallelujah. Listen, until you see Moses as Lord, the ministry of Moses will never benefit you. I don't know whether you understood what I said. When Aaron saw Moses as Lord, immediately he was exempted from the fire that was coming. Say, ah, my Lord. Ah. Immediately, God said, oh, chia. now you've learned sense. <laughs> he said, go and let Moses pray for you. Moses was praying for uh, Miriam. God said, no, no, no. If you spit on your father, you have to go out seven days to get cleansed. So let her stay outside for seven. Then after she can come. Hallelujah. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So please, let us not criticize. Let us not judge. Let us not, what was the te- te- second one? Critical. Judge. Number three, don't become too familiar. Is this not the carpenter's son? See, some people can get close and not lose their respect. Others too will get close and their respect will go. Hallelujah. And I said to you on Wednesday, their disciples were very close, but they never lost their respect. When you go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, it says that that which we have seen, that which we have uh, uh, talked to, that which we have handled, uh, concerning the word of life, they said he was a man. We handled him. We spoke to him like a man. But we acknowledge that he is the word of God made flesh. He is God made flesh. So they acknowledge his lordship. And that is why the ministry of Jesus was able to affect them. Can you be in the same space as the man of God all the while and never lose respect for him? You will see him sleeping. You will see his mouth open. You will see things will be drooling out of his mouth because he's an earthen vessel. But never lose that reverence. Hallelujah. Never lose the respect. That's why in the Catholic Church, it doesn't matter whether the man is 17 years old, he's 16 years old. As soon as he becomes a reverend, they call him father. Call him father. You see, an old person is saying, talking to the man, father. Giving reference. Hallelujah. Because it is not the man you are, rev- you are worshiping, but the God in the man. Hallelujah. Let me give you a few signs of familiarity and we can go home. Are, are you learning not to beat and kill the prophets? <laughs> when you get to the place where you, you almost know what he's going to say, you can predict what he's going to say next. You are becoming too familiar. You see, I know what the pastor is going to preach. When I see the topic, I know where he's going to go with it. This is our man. Number two, you become unwilling to obey the instructions he gives. Because I'm giving signs of familiarity. Sorry? The first one is your your desire to predict what he's going to do next or say next, his next move. Number two is when you become unwilling to obey. When he says do something, you always... You always introduce an alternative. You give the reasons why that particular thing he says must be done, can't be done, and why something else is better than what he wants done. I mean, understand what I said? It means you are becoming too familiar. When you underestimate his word, you know, some people, they, their prophecies is that. That says the Lord. They drop their voice. Then like the oracle is speaking. Then they start saying some things. Then they ask for, today pastor is in the spirit. 
There are some two who will be joking and then they will say something. But that thing that they say is also a prophecy. It's up to you to be able to accept it, even when it sounds like a joke. Believe it. Don't underestimate the word that is spoken. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. I mean, some teachers, they'll be giving a hint for the exams and they'll be joking. And because he wasn't very serious, he said, okay, now everybody take your paper, take your pen. I am giving you, no, 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 no. But in the joke, I will check chapter 3 if I were you. Then you'll be joking and then you mention something saying, then this the difference between that and that. Uh, if you are smart, you won't be too familiar. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. How many are stopping your, to stone you? You are not going to stone them anymore. You disregard their leadership. Disregard their leadership. Discussing behind the scenes while the person is talking. Man is talking, you are talking with somebody, say, yeah, you know, so these, two, these people, that's how they are. Uh. When you become obstructive, you become obstructive. I want everybody in the choir to wear blue dress. Then you say you wear red, black. Everybody stand at their place and dance this way and that way. Then you alone. You can't tell me what to do. You are stoning him without realizing. Listen, I don't have anything against the choir. I have been a choir, di- choir director for many, many years. So all my examples are choir examples. So don't... I don't know about the ashes. I would have been using the ashes all the time. So when I'm using you don't get angry. <laughs> eh, I didn't go. I was not the uh, usher. I was never a prayer director. I was a choir director for many years. So that is where I know. Say, the person has blue. But because of you, you said they wear blue, they wear blue, black. They have white, but they'll say, no, I'll wear cream. Everybody wear flowers, they wear navy blue and stand there. And then they come, then they, they, they rather make themselves as if they are angry. Just in case you are coming to. Sometimes they, they, they obstruct the whole rehearsal, manifest their rudeness. You think you are doing somebody. You are throwing stones and killing the prophet that has been sent. And you see, God will always come in defense of the person he has put there and not in your defense, even if you are right. See, the place has gone quiet. Me, I know my, my church people. I know them. I know them. I won't sing again. Sit down. One thing I've noticed is that you can't bluff God's work. The work will always go on. Somebody will come who is better than you and will do the thing very, very effortlessly and you look like a fool. I've been doing this work for a long time. This is my 26th year of being a pastor. So, so I know a thing or two. I know a thing or two. So what I'm saying, you have just come. It's the same thing everywhere. Same thing. Same thing. You are not showing us anything new. Don't go. If you don't respect the leadership, just leave. 
There's a church down the road. There's another one too down the road. Because of your stubbornness, God gave you the leaders he's giving you to knock your head. If I were you, I would stay and submit. <laughs> hmm. See, the message I'm preaching is the difficult message to preach. Uh, not, not every pastor can preach this message because it's like I'm saying that listen to me and obey me. <laughs> it's not a good, it's not a very easy message to preach. When you become a fault finder, always finding fault. I get a song cry. These people are not singing the, the, the tenor well. These people are not singing the. Miriam was finding faults. And she ended up becoming leprous. The ultimate, when you rebel. Number 16, the sons of Korah. They, uh, they came and they said to Moses, we will not listen to you from today. They came in their 50s. They rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation of men of renown, and they gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said, you take too much upon yourself, for all the congregation is holy, every one of them. The Lord is among them. Why do you exalt yourself above the assembly? Verse 28, then Moses said, by this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all the works that I've done. If these men die naturally, like all men, if they are visited by or if they are visited by common faith of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates a new thing, you just watch what is going to happen to them right now. Bible says that immediately the earth opened and they went in and the earth went <coughs> and came back. Because they rebelled against. You see, once you get to the place of rebellion, you have taken Satan's seat. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You have, we have taken the form of Satan. Satan does not come into a place as an angel, as a spirit. He has to find a human being to reside in. And so when you remove your face that I am rebelling, I am going to stand against what you are doing, immediately Satan has found a host. Hallelujah. May I say to you, just as there's an entry, there's an exit. If you don't agree, quietly exit. Free entry, free exit. You save yourself than to take the form of the chief rebel. How many understand what I'm saying? Immediately, you become, a, you become something that... And you know that all rebels die messily. Every rebel dies. Hallelujah. When uh, Absalom rebelled against his father with 120 men, what happened? He died. When Adonijah arose against the will of his father, what happened? He died. When Lucifer rose against God, what happened? He was brought down, cast out. There is no rebel that comes up and then usurps the authority and reigns. This is not a place you can overthrow government. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I think that our senior members have come to join us, so it means it's time for us to close, isn't it? Amen. Have you learned something? Hallelujah. 
when you get to the place where you lead the mass rebellion, the mass betrayal, the Bible says that, and Judas, being one of the twelve, went to the high priests and to the uh, elders and brought them to the garden. And when he got there, he kissed Jesus. Told the people, the one that I'll kiss, that's the one you must seize him. And Jesus said, do you betray me with a kiss? There are some of us, we easily betray the church. You are the CNN of the church. You take the news out. Hallelujah. People outside know everything about the church. All the bad things, even the pastor in the church doesn't know, but everybody else knows because you are the one who is carrying it out. I pray for you. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet.